Welcome to another mini-sode of the Solidarity Sister podcast with your host, Kristen Wilson. I have been thinking this week about what it is that I wanted to share with you, and nothing was really coming to the forefront, nothing tangible, nothing concrete, but I still wanted to be able to show up, and as I reflected, what came to my mind was actually part of an episode that I recorded with Deja Lee Labrier. She is a phenomenal woman who suffered a ton of childhood abuse, and has really overcome that, was able to integrate all of the alters as her her mind fractured with the abuse that she experienced. And she is one of the most joyful people that I know. And this episode that I filmed with her, we talked about being able to make space, to feel the emotions in your body, to identify them, and to stay connected and present. And I, I just thought, it would be good for me to come in and share that little snippet for those of you who maybe don't have the time to listen to longer episodes or that feels just too much, that you could get this little bit of goodness out of that. And if you haven't listened to that episode, it was episode six. And if you like what you hear, then feel free to jump back there and to listen to the full interview. There was just so much that I learned from her and that I thought about and that I took the time to ponder, and I think that I needed to revisit this lesson this week, because it's been a little rough, <laughs> because I'm just so tired, and I think you felt that before. You know what that's like. There is no difficult situation that will not be made worse by being tired on top of it. As uh, someone that I really admire, Jeffrey R. Holland once said that fatigue is the common enemy of us all, and I feel that. So, as I try to be more gentle with myself, but to also identify the things that I'm feeling and be more present with that, it's helpful. I'm also in the middle of reading The Power of Now, which is a very well-known book, and I'll be reviewing that on Monday. I'm being able to just sit and be present with where I am. So I hope you enjoy this snippet from this interview. Even if you listen to episode six, I think you'll still benefit from hearing it again. I know I sure did. Thanks for listening. I was talking to one of my clients today. I'm a coach and I was talking to her and, and telling her to move her body. It doesn't matter if it's like three times during the day, you just bend over and touch your toes. When you move your body, you increase the, the serotonin and the positive hormones that move through your body and you get away from your addiction to cortisol. Cortisol is that negative thing that we all get mired down in the depression and the more depressed you get, the more cortisol, which is addictive and that gets more and more depressed and then you end up being like this. <laughs> so, I mean, I've been there, done that and it's it's hard to get away from the negativity and moving your body, as you were saying that about walking around the farm, walking a cow. I think that's so awesome. You know, I do. I love that. I mean, uh, but it is important because even if a person has only a, a tomato plant on their balcony, that's important to feel that or have the smell of the leaves of a tomato plant. They're very fragrant and see the stalk and see that, that it's holding up a lot of vegetation and know that that's symbolic of yourself. You're holding up your vegetation, which is your life. You're holding up your living being, 
you know, your body is holding that up. And so it's kind of symbolic, but then you can go to a lot of different areas. But nature itself is very, very, very healing. And one of the things that I have done is I had a sweat lodge here for a while. I'm going to reopen it in the spring. And I learned that one of the best places, one of the best ways to ground yourself is to put your bare feet on the ground. That's literal. I go into my gardens and I take my shoes off and I stand in my gardens. <laughs> and that really is a grounding. It can be any time of the day or night. And going out and watching the moon and the stars and the sunrises and all of that. My book is full of colorful sunrises and, and flowers and plants that I've, I have had in my gardens. So. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it's it's basically a book of meditations, one one page a day. But that's, I think it's real important for us to stay with nature because technology takes us away, as you said, away from our body. And the uh, way to heal is to feel it. If you don't embody your emotions and allow them to be real in you, to name them, because a lot of times, we, that's why I have this ladder, is that we don't know the name. Oh, I feel good. Well, that doesn't tell me anything. Are you enthusiastic? Are you willing? Do you have courage? What is it that you are feeling good about? You know, you know, so I like to actually be able to name the feelings because once you do that, then you can, oh, and open yourself up. You expand yourself. You expand your awareness of your body because you can feel wherever that emotion is in your body. And then you can allow that to flow through that. You can put visualize or to, I would say, put attention, loving attention, gentle, loving attention on that part of your body that's got some sensation in it regarding an emotion. And as you do that, you can feel it kind of melt away. So for me, that's crucial. Being in, in nature is crucial to be grounding and to also to observe beauty and and the miracle of life. We talk about it, but we don't actually know what that means. You know, we don't actually put it in words. And I think it's real important. This is emotional ladder is about becoming fluent in the language of your emotions rather than just saying, man, I'm so mad. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> does that mean I'm not willing to listen to you anymore? <laughs> or you're blaming somebody for something? You know, there's that there you have to, you know, really distill down what those are and then resolving that, as you said, is the healing. When you re when you have unresolved wounds, you're not you're not healing yourself and you're not allowing yourself to receive the love and the messages that spirit and creator has given you is giving you all the time, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> it really forms a barrier. And one thing that I read somewhere, and I hope I'm getting this right, but that when we have that physical sensation, you're talking about when we feel our emotions, we can identify generally if we're present enough with ourselves physically in our body where we feel that, you know, people who are feeling anxious might feel sick to their stomach, or if you're feeling a sense of pride, you might feel it more swelling in your heart. Like there are different places mm -hmm. where we identify that. But my understanding is, is that physical sensation generally only lasts around 90 seconds. That's right. And so I know I, at one point was in therapy and doing some yoga therapy with a wonderful friend, Soraya. And I, when I initially went to therapy, I'd been through some really difficult experiences. And I said to the therapist before she sent me off to Soraya, because she said, you're so not in your body, you can't even work through this. I said, I'm actually not here 
to feel those emotions. I'm here to learn how to keep going without feeling them. And the therapist was like, that is not how this works. And I was like, <laughs> actually, that's what I'm paying you for. <laughs> like, I'm actually not interested in feeling those really, really difficult things because I've been through such heart-wrenching mm-hmm. trauma and heartache. And I don't want to feel that anymore. And she was like, so before any of this talk therapy is actually going to even be helpful, I'm going to send you to my friend Soraya because uh-huh. you have to get in your body. And mm-hmm. if you don't get in your body, you're not going to be able to feel this. And I remember right. Soraya telling me, you are spending hours and days trying to avoid feeling something that's really poignant and difficult for 90 seconds. <laughs> and I was that's like, right. That's exactly right. You know, when you put it that way, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. that's what you're saying kind of makes sense. Uh-huh. I don't really want to feel that, but maybe I can just sit with it for 90 seconds. Yes. Because after 90 seconds, the physical sensation isn't so difficult. Right. And when you've been through something highly traumatic, you might have to go through a lot of 90 second periods. Mm-hmm. It's going to just be a one and done. But every time you do sit with that, you are allowing that emotion to leave your body instead of being stored somewhere. Absolutely. And being a block to future life, happiness and joy and connection with other people. Absolutely. Because when you're filled with all of that, it also is a huge barrier to connection. That's right. Because you're not just connecting, you're not talking about just connecting to your body, but because you can connect to your body, you can connect to others and you can be empathic and empathetic for their emotions, their feelings about what's going on with them. And you can hold space for them when you know what's in your body, when you're, when you're in tuned and when you can name it, you know, and then just sit with it for 90 seconds, like you said, hold space for yourself and for others. Right. And then, and with uh, holding space means no judgment. I can't fix it. It's not right or wrong. It's not blue or black or green. It's just what it is. It's your emotion. You have it. You're welcome to it. You have a right to it. And I'm not going to judge it one way or the other. And I find that I was not good at doing that for other people until I learned how to do it for myself. Amen. And yeah. before that, and I'm I'm going to bring in a scripture story that I love from the Bible, but Jesus had these friends, Mary and Martha and their brother, Lazarus, and Lazarus dies and Jesus comes too late to save Lazarus. And my favorite Bible verse that I tell my kids, and also because I'm like, look, you can memorize this one so fast. John chapter 11, verse 35, Jesus wept. That's the whole verse. And I love that it's only two words, but it's easy for them. I'm like, here is the significance of that. And I'm coming from a Christian perspective, but other people can be coming from, you know, a a very different perspective, but have the same principle. Mm -hmm. um, For me, I feel like when I was baptized, I covenanted to mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort, but they're actually two different things. And a lot of Christians and other people are way better at comforting than mourning with those that mourn. And Mm -hmm. so if something happens, we're really quick to be like, okay, can I bring you dinner? Or, oh, you don't have enough money for Christmas presents for your kid. Well, we'll help you or we'll do this or whatever. And and those are not bad things. No. There's a place for that. But Mm -hmm. I love in that story that Jesus is about to raise Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. He's coming in with this miracle, but he doesn't say, Mary, stop crying. Like, I've got it covered because I'm Jesus and I'm going to like, you know, take care of this. And Lazarus is raised from the dead. You'll see what a miracle it is. You'll 
see that I'm the Messiah. He doesn't say any of that. And I love that just those two words, I think, are extremely powerful. They are. They're very powerful. Him just putting his arm around her and Mm -hmm. he just cries with no words. And he Mm -hmm. holds space for her Mm -hmm. grief, Mm -hmm. even though the miracle is coming. And that is such a powerful witness to me of what I should be doing with other people. And that I don't need to jump in with the comfort yet. You can open the door for the comfort, but like, really, there is so much power in just sitting with someone and holding space for them to feel what they're feeling without telling them why they needn't feel that way because uh-huh. good things are ahead and the platitudes that we might want to throw out. Like Jesus could have thrown out platitudes at Mary, but like he didn't because it right. wasn't what she needed. That's right. Just needed to have her grief be witnessed because she loves her brother so much. So I hope that the goodness and that little snippet just resonated with you and that you're able to be courageous and bold enough to sit in those 90 second increments of feeling and being present with your emotions, being able to experience it, to notice it, to give a space for it. When we do that, they really lose their control over us. They become information that we can then act from instead of a controlling force in our life. Emotions are valuable. They are messages for us and there's absolutely value there. But we want to be able to also be wise in taking that moment between stimulus and response that Viktor Frankl spoke of. And being able to just sit and be present gives us the ability to do that. And the beautiful thing is, as we become better at doing this for ourselves, we become better at holding space for others. We become better at being able to just meet them where they are, to mourn with them when they need mourning, to celebrate with them when they need someone to witness their celebrating. We become better at being a friend, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a wife, a coworker, a neighbor. We become better at showing up in community as we learn how to do those things for ourselves. When we feel permission in our own bodies to experience life, it is easier for us to give permission to the people around us. You think of those safe people where you can just be you. It's because they've learned how to just be them. And when we learn to do that, we can pass that gift on to other people. So I hope this has been helpful to you. I hope this has been uplifting for you, and I hope that you have a fantastic weekend. Thank you for being part of the Solidarity Sister community. We needed you. Solidarity Sister.